0: George Santos indicted for fraud on the same day Trump was found liable uh, for sexual abuse and defamation. We'll dust off our legal degrees and help you make sense of these developments. Fox News posts a quarterly profit loss while Tucker Carlson plots his comeback. Josh Hawley has a book coming out titled Manhood and someone sent me a passage. I have thoughts. A Tennessee teacher had to cancel planned Mother's Day celebrations because she wanted to acknowledge gay parents. And then, is Joe Manchin planning to retire? We will read the tea leaves. This is Majority 54.
1: One of the many lovely things about being in New York is that we're in the middle of history over here, and I moved to Brooklyn, and all those indictments were going on in Manhattan. Now, across the street from my new apartment, we got another set of indictments is it causation? Is it correlation? I don't know. But Santos <laughs> uh, finally was indicted here in Brooklyn. 13 counts unsealed this morning, revealing- This, this
0: picture, people listening can't see it, but like I'm sure <laughs> yes, this picture is. is from something else, but this looks like this. this somebody said, I'm going to run a headline about Santos' indictment, indictment. Find a picture where it looks like someone, Santos, just found out they were indicted, <laughs> which is not what happened here, but anyway-
1: <laughs> Well, yeah, and that's literally right behind this building behind me over there, and this is 13 counts. We're not going to go through all of them, but uh, he faces seven counts of wire fraud, three counts of money laundering, one count of theft of public funds, two counts of making materially false statements to the House of Representatives. Worth mentioning here, you know, you and I have dabbled in the law. Don't commit crimes while committing the crime, people. That's what's going on here. Right. Like, paying cash. Don't lie to investigators and then you might minimize your sentence here, but it seems like our guy here is in trouble. I don't even know where to begin and unravel these, these, these schemes are so crazy. Where should we start?
0: Uh, you know it goes back we've had this some of this conversation before um, the whole pathological liar thing, which is clearly what what Santos is right I mean he's a con man, but he's he's a pathological liar and and that to your point about committing crimes while you're committing crimes, if you are living, in a fantasy world where the things you're doing are not against the law and the things you're saying are true, then as you're doing them, I don't think George Santos thought like, oh, I'm really in deep now. I I don't know if I should do this. Uh, I'm all the way in. I guess I'm going to now I'm going to do wire fraud. I don't think he thought any of those things. I think he just had convinced himself, no, I really did get degrees from this school and I really did give the money to that veteran's dog who was dying when he didn't do any of those things. <laughs> and so I, I think that's how this got to where it is. I, also, he's clearly going to go to prison, right? Like with all of these Seems counts like and, and everything, like first offense or not, which if you count Brazil, it's a second offense, but first offense or not,
1: I can't imagine he doesn't get prison time when he's convicted for all this stuff. I would imagine so. And especially because it, the prosecutors tend to, upon uh, anything that is really within the nexus of the public interest, and mm-hmm. one of these issues here. Um, well, the, the U.S. Attorney, uh, Breon Peace, said the following, which tells me that we got some. We're expecting some major jail time. He said, taking together the allegations, uh, uh, the allegations of the indictment charge Santos with relying on repeated dishonesty and deception to ascend to the halls of Congress and enrich himself. So the ascend to the halls of Congress part here is what makes me think this is going to be a lot of jail time because if you're just enriching yourself, you're like any other criminal. And, you know, the U.S. attorney is Mm -hmm. going to put you behind bars, but they're not going to really stack it. But the judge and the U.S. attorney here, they're looking at this guy and saying, well, the fraud actually led to this guy serving in a very public and important role. And I think the most important charge here involves around Santos instructing some Queens-based political consultant to ask for contributions to be directed to a company that Santos controlled, which was not registered as a super PAC. And essentially, just say he, Santos was taking this money, pretending that it was a super PAC, and then just enriching himself with it. So that got, I think is the most serious of the crimes here.
0: At the end of the day, like all his lying and everything and all the claiming to be whatever he's been, like a, a lion tamer or whatever, at the end of the day, it's just it's just old-fashioned corruption. Like that's just yep. don't send the money to the campaign, send it to me personally. I mean, it's just your standard old-fashioned grifting and 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 graphs. Yeah. So
1: that part of this isn't new. I mean, obviously the 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 web of lies and the way he presented it is unique to him. It's a it's a unique spin on the ball that he has, but a lot of this is just one-of-the-mill stuff. And they're gonna they're gonna nail him on this. I think the question is. Is there going to be any accountability between now and then? And he met with uh, Speaker McCarthy in McCarthy's office on Tuesday before surrendering surrendering himself to authorities. ABC News reports that Santos told McCarthy he would be charged. McCarthy is kind of professing ignorance of all of this. He did some double speak when asked about it. Because remember, this is a five-seat majority. So if Santos resigns, this is a blue state, um... He, you know, it's very high likelihood that this will go to a Democrat, the seat. And so, um, like, you know, McCarthy like, like would in Like
0: seat- just in a special election it would? Or like it's- Let's like look this Like in general, up. is it a I more Democratic
1: seat? Yeah, let's look this up. Santos resigns what now? Let's see what the Google says.
0: While you do that, I will fill in the rest on what McCarthy said. So McCarthy. Yeah, do it. uh, So McCarthy initially, when he was asked about this, you know, a while back prior to any charges, he was like, well, tell me what he's charged with. Like very snarky, like kind of being difficult with the press. Like if he's not charged, I don't know what you're talking to me about this for. And then he got charged and he was asked about it. And he's like, I haven't had a chance to look at the charges. But then he did say, look, there's a standard way we go about this. If somebody is charged, uh, is indicted then they're not gonna serve on committees. They'll still vote, but they won't serve on committees. So that's how he avoided answering the should he resign question.
1: Oh, now I remember this, because I had a, a conversation with a potential candidate about this. This is, this is weird. So if Santos resigns or is expelled, the governor of New York calls special election, but party committees select the nominees, mm-hmm. and state party leadership would choose the nominee for each party. So I was talking to somebody a little while ago who was complaining about this, because essentially you deprive the parties of a primary. And uh, these uh, Long Island political operatives and, and committees are not exactly—I um, w- I would say—they're not exactly the most connected to the, uh, the rank and file voters. And so, <laughs> I think there's going to be a little bit of backroom dealing, which I think is a problem for another day here. But, but that's that's essentially- pretty
0: standard in special elections, right? Like, I mean, yeah, I, that's how it works here. Um, when there's a special election, uh, is it's ba- it's especially in a seat because. Um, all the seats, there's really no truly competitive house seats in Missouri anymore. Uh, I mean, there's maybe something close, but there's nothing really super competitive. So it becomes basically a a few county committee members appoint the next member of Congress because whoever the nominee is chosen for that party. Uh, but it doesn't sound like that's how it'll be there. It sounds like there'll be a real fight over it. Um, it
1: will be a competitive election. I mean, the, the, the environment favors, um, it, the environment favors Democrats because of, you know, just the, the kind of fluke of that original, um, election, but it could, you know, it's still pretty, could you see it go either way? Um, well, okay. Uh, and by the way, this is Brett's home district. Um, shout out to, um, the Midas brothers. Well, okay. Uh, let's talk about this other case making its way uh, through our ethos right now. This is the, um, Trump, Civil trial. I know it's hard to keep track right now. This is uh, a trial that Trump underwent. This kind of came and went without a lot of focus. I know everybody was reporting on it, but I think everybody's been confused about all these different charges that Trump faces. But this is a civil case uh, where he was um, on trial for sexually abusing and defaming E. Jean Carroll, who's a writer. Um, and he was found guilty in order to pay $5 million in damages after a civil trial. Uh, and you know, this was, uh, from nearly 30 years ago and through some work at the New York state legislature, they created a window for people to file civil charges, um, you know, later in the game, it it didn't apply to to criminal charges. So it was kind of a window for people to, you know, exercise their rights over a short period of time. And she came forward and was successful in court.
0: Yeah. And so it's interesting to watch the Republicans do the whole, he wasn't found guilty, he was found liable. <laughs> like, okay, because it's a civil case. I mean, but but the the jury literally found that it was more likely than not that President Trump sexually abused her in a dressing room of Bergdorf, Bergdorf Goodman, uh, in nineteen ninety-six. So, like, you know, a jury of his peers were like, Yeah, we think you did that. Uh, and they found that he that he defamed her uh in comments that he made while he was uh, denying the allegations so um, you know which yeah, I, by became, my my question is, is did he defame her again now that he's saying i have no abs- no idea who this woman is and this is a disgrace like can she sue him again now for lying and saying he doesn't know who she is
1: i think the i don't know who she is would be protected because that doesn't like get to her character specifically yeah, obviously right. like yeah. it would imply that she's lying um if he took that extra step i think he would, but he will take the extra step, so we'll right, see what happens. The, uh, you know, apparently in this Cause, trial- Because, by the way,
0: I think it would be really funny if every time he talks about her, he gets sued and it costs him a few million
1: dollars.
0: <laughs> I just think that'd be hilarious. Anyway. It's
1: unbelievable. Honestly, like, it, it's it's remarkable to think about what his life must be like right now, feeling all of these legal inquiries, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but he, uh, apparently the trial involved a lot of testimony uh, of other accusers, but also the broader pattern of Trump's behavior, you know, the touch on everything from the Access Hollywood tape to other allegations against him. And, uh, you know, this is where his own behavior was, you know, finally came back to haunt him. You know, there's, a, there's this sense that he's Teflon, yada, yada, yada. And some people may say, well, what's $5 million to him? He probably raised more than that that day in response to the verdict. But we're chipping away here, chipping mm-hmm. away a little bit by a little bit. And there's, uh, a lot of evidence, if you've been following this Georgia case, which is my favorite of the cases, that people are starting to flip around Trump if you're reading the tea leaves there. So mm-hmm. you're just, you know, you're you're holding him accountable one little piece by one little piece and him having to defend himself on multiple fronts weakens him. Uh, I, I would- Go ahead. John. Yeah. No, no, you said-
0: I was just going to say, I would argue, by the way, that $5 million might still be a lot to him because we never yeah. really know- what he's actually worth. What's going on over there. And and yeah. we know that like before he was spending all this money on legal bills, he negotiated Stormy Daniels to $130,000 because that's what he could afford to, you know what I mean? Like it just seemed, and if you look at the people who he hasn't paid, like oftentimes it's a lot less than $5 million that he didn't have to pay them. So I think it could be for him more than we realize.
1: Right, well, speaking of him, you know, CNN has caught some heat because they've invited him to a town hall. I think maybe today is the town hall meeting. On I think Wednesday. it's tonight, right? Yeah, and uh, you know, he he's, they invited him on, and just yesterday he posts on Truth Social that CNN that fans of his, um, you know, he he basically but, responded to fans being like, you "Why go it,
0: I think we have a video that Brett can play. That is oh, the video that he put out on Truth Social, and this is let's just play the whole thing. Uh, This is Trump talking about doing the CNN town hall. Tonight, live from the great state of New Hampshire, because CNN is rightfully desperate to get those fantastic Trump ratings back. They were ratings like none other, and they want them back. They made me a deal I couldn't refuse. Could be the beginning of a new and vibrant CNN with no more fake news, or it
1: could be a total disaster for all, including me. Let's see what happens. Tonight at eight o'clock.
0: Okay. First of all,
1: so much uh, here. That was actually what I was going to read. So much better than we put the yeah. video
0: out there. The the deal that he couldn't refuse. I read a little bit more about it. Is is that it's going to be an audience of four hundred, uh, either Trump leaning Republicans and Trump leaning and or conservative leaning independents. So it's it's an audience friendly crowd. Of yeah, it's a very friendly crowd, right? Which, I mean, okay, I guess he's running in a primary, but on the other hand, he's also the former president. So like, right. W- doesn't it make sense that you'd have like all sorts of political persuasions? But whatever. So that's the deal. He couldn't refuse. Uh, never mind the fact that he still got a what four hundred seventy five million dollar lawsuit for defamation against the network. Okay, put all that aside. It, yeah. part.
1: Let's underscore that for a second. He's suing mm-hmm. the network that's putting him on.
0: Right. Right. Like, uh, honestly, <laughs> I mean, maybe they're letting him on because this this constitutes waiver. I don't know. But uh, but okay, so put all that aside, uh, when he says clearly what CNN wants is those Trump ratings again, is there any right. doubt that he's right?
1: He's 100% right. And, you know, at CNN, this is the problem with some of these networks, is they only, the, this sort of DNA of Crossfire is still deep in the mm-hmm. crevices of CNN, where they can only imagine a world where you have a standard... Version of the Democrats and a standard version of the Republicans, which right now is Trump Republicanism. And that there isn't a, a, a wider variety of types of people out there. Like, you can have, and you know, this is how I spend my day. Like, you can have actual conservatives, libertarians who are ideologically consistent and interesting without having to put Trump himself on. You know, when I look at this, it reminds me of Ted Cruz. Like, remember, like, all these memes of Ted Cruz, like, making fundraising calls for right. Trump after he. You know, called Cruz every name in the book and accused his father of murdering JFK, and 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 called his wife ugly. Yeah, could you? But look, I'd punch a dude. Like, let alone make
0: fundraising calls for him. I mean, no dignity, no. Yeah, and so, so Um, that, but, but so, to your point, it's like they're going after the. Are they going after just the ratings, or are they also going after somewhat of a conservative audience, right? Because. Right. Because at this point, like if you look at the way conservatives look at CNN, like they have no hope of getting conservatives to watch CNN. That's not going to happen. So I right. guess they're just going after the same people who, you know, will slow down uh, when you go past a car wreck or whatever, which is a right. lot of cable news viewers. So it's going to work. It's a question of what is the patriotic duty of a, of a corporation like this? Because he's not a normal person. Former president, like he wants to be a dictator. He's an authoritarian, scary, awful figure who's objectively un-American. And by the way, 48 hours from when they're going to sit down to ask him questions, he was found liable of sexual abuse. Like he was found by a jury to have done things that if one of their, forget anchors, interns, there was a credible allegation that they had done, they would no longer work at the network. But they're right. gonna put him on their air for like an hour.
1: I used I to work with convers-
0: CNN, and I think and and I don't mind telling you, this is messed up.
1: I have a feeling that you know, in in CNN right now, what they're saying is we have nothing to lose. <laughs> they're like yeah. we don't have an identity right What is the identity of CNN? I have no idea. It's like
0: Jake Tapper doing his best, you know. Yeah, I mean, Jake that's, Tapper is that's is, what they want it to be, understandably. And Jake and Jake, yeah, he's a friend. I love Jake.
1: I I, mean, I, I like Jake best. a lot too. Um, I don't mind Anderson Cooper either, but like beyond that, it's like, what are, what is this? Right? Mm -hmm. What is the identity of this network? Well,
0: there's some great people there. Kate Baldwin. Like we could go through the list. There's some great people there who do very good work, um, and stuff like this undermines them, right? Just as there, there are, you know, not a lot, but there are real reporters at Fox because that's where they could get a national job, right? And they are constantly stymied because they try and report actual news. And then they're constantly undermined by Hannity and Ingram and whichever replacement level white guy they put in Tucker Carlson's seat eventually. And so what I don't know if CNN understands is this is undermining them in the same way that that undermines people who are actually trying to do their job in the world of Fox.
1: Right. Well, uh, we'll tune in tonight. By the time you're listening to this, if you're listening to the podcast version, you will know what happened.
0: I'm not going to tune in. I I don't want to be a part of the ratings. I will, obviously, because we do this. We're, I'm gonna catch the clips because you, yep. you because I got to be able to talk about this stuff. I'll probably uh,
1: cover it on Lost Debate tomorrow for anybody who wants to listen to that uh, with a conservative at table who goes on Fox News regularly. So that'll be an interesting conversation. So uh, speaking of a conservative who goes on Fox News regularly, you somehow got your hands on an excerpt of uh, Josh Hawley's book. What's the name of this book again?
0: The book is called Manhood. Um, yeah, which is it's
1: not a sequel to Boyhood. No, <laughs> yeah, which is a great it's movie. Not, <laughs> Shout out to Ethan, to Hawk, who also lives down the street. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's my new neighbor.
0: All right, uh, uh, yeah, it's 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 not a sequel to Boyhood. I don't know what it's a sequel to. He want he's trying to act like it's a sequel to the Bible. I mean, he he writes a lot about the Bible in this, I guess. So somebody sent me. I don't think it's really out, but what's happening is is he's doing, uh, he's basically doing a church tour around the country, uh, where he talks about what it is to be a man uh and then i I guess there are some copies of the book available at those somebody got a hold of one and sent me this passage um and i think it's kind of remarkable because as you and i have talked about quite often one of the things that i find and there are many things that i find objectionable and incredible about josh Hawley, but one of them is that he is a human being who uh not only did he support the war in iraq uh he then while he was at, I believe, Oxford, he popped popcorn and there's been lots of witnesses to this and invited everybody to come in and watch the invasion. And he treated it like it was like a fun action movie. Like that's how Josh Hawley thought of it. And then years later, while running for office, he said that he had always opposed the uh, the war in Iraq, which is the kind of guy that Josh Hawley is. And so now Josh Hawley, who is what, like maybe a couple years older than me at most, I think. Uh, Clearly, like, I mean, he was in college when 9-11 happened. I was in college when 9-11 happened. It's fine whether he served or not. It's fine. But if you're going to be for the war and then later pretend you were against it, like, mm, you know, I have problems with you popping popcorn uh, and watching the war. So here is what Josh Hawley wrote in this passage that somebody sent me uh, about manhood. I'm not going to read the entire thing, um, but let me me pick from it a little bit here. Uh, So it says... um, where Epicurean liberalism, I don't know what that is, and I'm not going to look it up because I don't care, urges self-creation as the path away from pain, the Bible urges different qualities of character, self-renunciation, and sacrifice. This is the most like, this writing is horrible. I apologize for people having to listen to this. Like This is like he just had a thesaurus next to his computer. The Bible says meaning is found and the soul is formed in confronting the darkness and setting oneself. I mean, you're just using oneself, like, like that's a thing people say setting oneself against it, standing between other people and evil. Does this explain why there is evil in the world to begin with? I mean, what the hell is this? Uh, And he says, of course not. But it tells a man what he is supposed to do about it. It tells him that his pain and hardship can be turned to good if he will take up his post. Take up his post and stand in the gap. All right. All right. Here we go. This is where it gets good. All right. I'm going to skip this next paragraph, which is equally unreadable, uh, where it basically (laughs) says, but it ends in that a true man scorns the light of life and holds that honor you are aiming at as a cheaply bought if all as cheaply bought if all its price is life. anyway he's like romanticizing the idea of giving giving one's life for the country is something he never volunteered Uh to come close to doing all right and then here's here's where we get to the good part when i was five or six years old I was out one summer day in the fields with my grandfather, Harold. I remember it was summer because the corn was tall and green and the day was bright. Now, just a clue for everybody. When a writer of a memoir says, uh, well, I don't know if this is true around, because who knows? Who knows if this rule I was about to put out is true. I will just say... To me, where Josh Hawley says here, I remember it was summer because is a clue that this shit never happened. Okay. But anyway, continue. Here we go. And I remember uh, I was five or six because I was struggling with the laces on my work boots. Okay. So 30 plus years ago, there were work boots for five or six year olds. Don't remember that, but okay. They were thicker than the laces of my shoes, harder to hold and harder for small hands to tie. Okay. Uh, I had to ask for my grandfather's help. And as he bent down to take hold of the laces, I complained vaguely about having to wear boots at all. He replied, you need to learn to tie your boots. You have to know how to get them on right. And then he added, you know, soldiers wear boots. Still a little sullen, I replied to this that I wasn't a soldier, so I didn't need to put on the boots. He replied, you may be one day if your country calls, you'll go sorry granddad you were wrong okay but anyway here we go he had some imagine writing this if you're him he had something specific in mind one of his sons my uncle gene had been drafted for service in the u.s military at the height of the vietnam war it was a point of pride in my family that despite potential grounds for deferment he had served in the 101st airborne when i was young my mother showed me the newspaper clippings my grandmother had carefully preserved from the county paper with pictures of gene leaving for vietnam later clippings showed pictures of his return i knew what my grandfather was referring to that day when he said you'll go that was expected that's part of what it meant to be a man to go stand on the line to go and defend to confront evil and do something about it okay now let's talk about this how what What Olympic self, like lack of self-awareness event are you trying to win when you, Josh Hawley, an individual who never served in the military, cheered on a war and then claimed never to have been for that war in the first place, would say that your grandfather told you that if your country calls, you'll go? Why would you say that unless you have a completely warped idea of what it is you've done with your life? Because all you did was go to Ivy League schools and then like clerk at the Supreme Court, like what is the hardship that Josh Holly has faced that his grandfather is not like? Man, what a tool my grandson turned out to be! Like,
1: it's just incredible, is it not? It's unbelievable, I, and it actually makes me really look forward to reading this book. I think I might write a oh. full review. But while you were you were, you were reading that, I, I I couldn't help myself to try to figure out what this Epicurean liberalism is that oh, he's talking please. about. So, Epicurus, so. <laughs> He, apparently, this is the opposition to Stoicism, which is really hot right now. You know, people like Ryan Holiday, who would be appalled by this, the writing and the ideas of this book. I I have no doubt um, is you know the father of the kind of new, like refined, like modern uh, Stoic conversations. He writes the Daily Stoic and really good writer. Love him. You and I have talked about him offline before. Mm-hmm. Epicureanism is apparently like a hedonistic, individualistic alternative to stoicism which is more connected and communal and deep etc so he's basically taking aim at at people who he views as selfish self-absorbed liberals oh, i guess even now better. we're attaching epicureanism to liberalism because apparently uh, as, it's selfish you can't be selfish and a conservative i take it now and the, our, us liberals are only out for ourselves that's uh, that is my sense uh, you know i've not read the book obviously i'm I'm really looking forward to it, but I, that's what he uh, i guess he's arguing and i makes me really excited to dismantle whatever this point is that he's making
0: well the the part i didn't read the whole the the first page begins with the words god made adam a guardian and charged him to watch the perimeter Uh, okay well there was no other people like what are you talking about like in that in that myth in that story like who is he guarding again
1: and then like the violence comes from within the family like what are you talking about here's what's going on with holly I know him well enough, new listeners, and yeah. I went to law school with him. He's bored by how dumb he is right now, generally. Like, he's bored by, like, the kind of concessions he's had to make, the fact that he's got to hang around and kiss Trump's ass, and he, he's, he views himself as an intellectual. And he's sitting oh, in sure. Congress, and he has to do all these things that he knows are stupid, but they, he has to do them en route to this grand goal he's always had of being president of the United States. But he's boring himself to death. So, when he writes these books, he has to throw around all this intellectual stuff as a way to keep himself engaged and also to try to like come up with an elaborate edifice to like hold up all these choices that he's made to be able to say, all right, it's, I'm not just being raw, like a raw politician and just doing kissing Trump's ass because it's in my personal self interest. What I'm doing is I am exercising some kind of like, grand biblical philosophical, you know, you know, moral crusade that has been long in the making since the days of Adam and Eve. And I'm going to like bend over backwards to try to connect the dots between all of that, to paint myself as the hero and my enemies uh, as like the main obstacle here, my enemies being these materialistic Epicureans, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that's what he's doing. He's sitting around because he's got to go home eventually and he's got to read books and he's got to then square what he's reading in these books with this really really dumb public persona he has right now and this is what we get from that entire exercise that's my that's my guess
0: i i think that's a great take i think that's exactly right I, you know is that he it's a god complex he he believes yeah. that he otherwise how do you justify things like being part of an insurrection unless god right. told you to right and right. and on top of that as we've discussed before he is a very smart guy. And and so, you know, when you say you went to law school, you went to Yale law school with him. Like, he's a smart guy. When you listen to him talk, now his writing is like uh, when a smart guy honestly is also a tool. Uh, yeah, it's
1: honestly it's disappointing so writing. It's so
0: condescending to, like, he's just like, I'm going to, I. he's one of those guys who's like, I'm going to talk in a way that is purposefully over your head. To make sure you understand that I am smarter than you and whether or not I persuade you is really a secondary priority of me. I have said many times that Josh Hawley never really got over Will Hunting asking him if he liked them apples, you know, because he is that dude from the movie. Like That is him to a T, right? He just cut his hair and ran for the Senate. So but uh But I think the other thing about this that we should not fail to mention is, as you and I have talked about before, is that this strategy, uh, which is an age old strategy of framing this uh, uncaring conservatism as a caring form of protective masculinity, is really smart. Because if what you're trying to do is A, win a Republican primary, where most of the voters are white men, and B, have the Republicans be able to win by racking up the margins among white men so high, but also then bringing a lot of suburban women whose families lean conservative with you and have a traditional idea of like gender roles. Well, it's very effective to say the Republican Party or the conservative movement is the daddy party and the liberals are are the mommy party like and that is mm-hmm. what he's doing in a new way that is scary and could really work if we don't have our own argument for this frame
1: well if you're a listener and you somehow have accessed this book reach out to me jason if through your channels we can get it i would love to get this book before it comes out in a couple of days yeah, because and i'd love for us to I never pay to for it yes same I'm, yeah i'm uh, not trying to I'm
0: pirate s- the thing i'm just saying you know us a copy. I ain't paying for this.
1: Thing. Somehow I think I might have trouble in the the interlibrary system in New York getting a, a whole copy. <laughs> but we're gonna take a break and hear from our sponsors. We're gonna check in with Tucker Carlson, a whole lot happening with him. We're gonna then go down to Tennessee where moms for liberty are causing havoc in our classrooms, and then we're gonna talk about the future of Joe Manchin. Will he run again? We're starting to see, you know, some signs that he might not. All of that and more when we return.
0: Cold turkey may be great on sandwiches, but there's a better way to break your bad habits. We're not talking about some weird mind voodoo from your wacky neighbor or some sketchy message board. We're talking about our sponsor Fume, and they look at the problem in a different way. Not everything in a bad habit is wrong. So instead of a drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove the bad from your habit? Fume is an innovative award-nominated device that does just that instead of electronics fume is completely natural instead of vapor fume uses flavored air and instead of harmful chemicals fume uses all natural delicious flavors you get it instead of bad fume is good it's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy your fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial and is designed with movable parts and magnets for fidgeting giving your fingers a lot to do which is helpful for de-stressing and anxiety while breaking your habit join fume in accelerating humanity's breakup from destructive habits by picking up the journey pack today Head to tryfume.com and use code MAJORITY to save 10% off when you get the Journey Pack today. That's tryfume.com and use code MAJORITY to save an additional 10% off your order today.
1: Well, this Tucker Fox News feud is not going away, Jason. He posted a video yesterday saying that he's going to, well, well, actually, let's just go to the video.
2: The best you can hope for in the news business at this point is the freedom to tell the fullest truth that you can. But there are always limits. And you know that if you bump up against those limits often enough, you will be fired for it. That's not a guess. It's guaranteed. Every person who works in English language media understands that. The rule of what you can't say defines everything. It's filthy, really, and it's utterly corrupting. You can't have a free society if people aren't allowed to say what they think is true. Speech is the fundamental prerequisite for democracy. That's why it's enshrined in the first of our constitutional amendments. Amazingly, as of tonight, there aren't many platforms left that allow free speech. The last big one remaining in the world, the only one,
1: is Twitter. So he's going to Twitter, apparently. Musk says he does not have a deal with Tucker, but there's been a lot of reporting that those two have been talking. Tucker is still locked up with Fox News, but I guess there's a way he can get out of his non-compete clause if he just refuses whatever big contract money that he had. So either he could just take the money they were going to pay him and shut up for a couple of years, or he could refuse that money and go on his own way and probably make a lot of money if we're being honest, uh, just doing whatever crazy stuff he's going to do. That video I just played has over 100 million views as of today, and I'm sure they're not all fans. But 100 million, Jason, is a one lot of them. I watched
0: it's that stupid shit. You know, it, it, it,
1: yeah, it's it's a lot of people.
0: He he went on a whole... There's a whole other section of it where he went on a whole deal about how like what's true and what's not that's like really scary. Where, I don't it? know if you saw it where he he talked about For how, sure. look, yeah. yes, there are Fine. facts. He's like, the New York Times reports facts, yes, but that doesn't make them true. And I was like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills yeah. right now. There are There are facts, but that doesn't make them true. It's like... It's, you know, do you remember Colbert used to, when he was playing his character on the Colbert Report, he talked about truthiness, which is something that's that's not true, but it feels true. Like truthiness went from like a parody of a sliver of the Republican Party and of Bill O'Reilly and them to like the glue, like the uniting value on the right now is truthiness.
1: Well, there's actually, speaking of like these sort of pseudo-intellectuals, this guy, Scott Adams, the guy who does the Dilbert comics, wrote this book called Win Bigly, which my dad won't shut up about. And it's um, one of his core ideas is that Trump may have been wrong here and there, but he was always directionally true, was his point, which is another way of saying It feels true. It feels kind of true. He might not be right, but he's always in the direction of truth. And if- (laughs) I mean, you could argue that about anything, right? Yeah. Like you know, like uh, the Bills—they were gonna beat the—they're uh, gonna beat the Bengals last year. They didn't win, but they sure scored a couple points there <laughs> yeah. along the way. It really directionally- felt like a win. Yeah. You know, but yeah. That's
0: to, not to sidebar it, but like, it is a lesson we can learn as liberals that we we are because we tend to have a faithfulness to facts and things like that we don't really think in this fashion. Right. So like we don't look back at events and things and think anything other than what can we use to prove this point when maybe we ought to be thinking a little more, not in a bad way, but like more of like, what is it that we can say where people it will connect emotionally with people? Right. And the stuff that right. works on that is like, and there are facts for it. There are facts to demonstrate that the Republicans only care about the rich and that kind of thing. But we always want to marry it with some piece of evidence. Maybe we just need to be saying it more often, right? Just as right. a fact, uh, because that's how truthiness works, you know. But anyway, back to Tucker.
1: Well, they're fighting, uh, as you can imagine, and you know, at some point they'll, you know, they'll disentangle this, and Carlson will probably wind up getting to do his own show. It's probably in his financial interest, whatever Fox is paying him, he could probably make as much or more, and he probably values his independence. More than anything else. Uh, which you know, he, which and, he calls and,
0: his free speech, by the way. But the yeah.
1: implication in that video that makes me so mad is that
0: the thing that he said that was true that you can't actually say uh, is what got him fired. Which, by the way, was that's not how white men fight.
1: Okay? like He didn't say that in this video, but that is the implication. Well, that's what these people do. And I, and I am a longtime public uh, believer in pretty like expansive free speech like I tend to believe that the antidote to a lot of bad speech is just to shine a light on it and counter it that and I'm more on the libertarian side of of Democrats but I am frustrated constantly by these free speech purists on the so-called uh, on the right who just throw it around uh, to try to deflect from their own inaccuracies right like free speech is a means to an end and it's one that I will always defend. But that's not. That's just the beginning of the conversation. What you do with that right is paramount. So if if we had a free speech culture and robust protections of free speech, but everybody was use that to you know talk about Holocaust denialism, then we would be squandering the opportunity, right? And so Tucker Carlson is retreating to free speech because it's convenient, because he then doesn't have to talk about what he has done with this incredible protection. Nobody has more free speech protections than Tucker Carlson. Nobody has had a louder megaphone. He's had the biggest television show in the history of cable news for a long time. And what did you do, Tucker Carlson, with that speech? You spread lies continuously. But that's not what he puts in his video. He then tries to retreat and say, oh, it's just about the right itself, not what we're doing about the right. No, I'm sorry. Like The right is a means to an end, one that we will always protect. But then the conversation needs to be, what are you doing with it? And he has shown himself continually incapable of exercising any judgment with a loud megaphone that he's gotten. He'll still get one, but we shouldn't fall for this. A-
0: anybody listening to this, if you if you get into a conversation with somebody about the concept of free speech and cancel culture and all that kind of thing, the distinction you've got to make is between First Amendment free speech, which is freedom from having your speech suppressed or stopped by the government, have the freedom from censorship, right, by the government, versus speech without consequences, right? Freedom from consequences. Like when you work at a place like Fox, like I referenced earlier, I, I spent a year as a, as an on-air contributor for CNN, right? I understood that the, the product, like literal product that, that CNN was putting out, that I was contributing to it, that I was just like, you know, if they put out a widget, I was like somebody on the assembly line, right? I was part of putting out the product. But I also understood that just like if somebody on the assembly line does something wrong and the widget doesn't work, well, then people are not going to buy that widget as often. And if I go on TV and I say something that you really shouldn't say without people being deeply offended, without you know there being potential lawsuits, that kind of thing, well, then you're putting out a product that the public might not respond well to. And therefore, the company that employs you gets to fire you from doing that. Or the people who watch you get to stop watching you. That is not a question of being Having free speech, you have free speech because Tucker Carlson can go say that that's not how white men fight anywhere he wants. He could say it wherever he wants. You just can't say it and have your TV show. It is, you have free speech. You do not have freedom from consequences, right? Like for a bunch of people who are like avowed capitalists, it's incredible how they just completely ignore the fact that this is just capitalism. It's just market forces at work. That's all it is.
1: Well, speaking of market forces, Fox posted a quarterly loss here. Uh, And so, um, you know, Murdoch's son has basically been running the company and he, you know, gave some statements to investors and, you know, he swung to a net $50 million loss for the quarter, which compared with earnings of $290 million during the same period last year. The loss came despite revenue increasing 18% to $4.08 billion. So anybody who's cheering on this quarterly dip. Notable, but this is still a highly profitable company, and once they put behind them this lawsuit, if they could stave off the rest of them, they will be profitable. I continue to believe though, that the lawsuit was really important and helpful. Uh, it obviously pushed out Tucker Carlson, um, but it puts pressure on the company internally to change some of their systems. And so I still think it's useful.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, nobody should be so naive as to think Fox News is going anywhere. Although, no. do you want to talk about these Media Matters videos?
1: Oh, yeah. We'll take a step back here. Let's look at this. So uh, Media Matters got some video of Tucker Carlson. No, the behind the scenes uh, of Tucker Carlson. Uh, let's play one of these videos.
2: I did. I talked to her at great length. It was actually pretty funny. I said, you know,
0: we're gonna. He pauses here because he's listening to somebody say something in his ear, and he has. Oh, that I said. I mean, She
2: tried to get. I was like, she's got a lot of liberals working over there, and you know they see this as war, and we're the main force on the other side, and like that's crazy. If you've got pronouns in your Twitter bio, you shouldn't work here, because we can't trust you because you're on the other side. And she goes, "Well, who?" And I said, "I'm not going to name names because I don't know who did it, and I'm definitely not going to." cast dispersions on someone unfairly. Just because you're liberal doesn't mean you did this. It does mean you shouldn't work here. And Roger would never put up with this shit. Why would you do that? Do, do you know what I mean? They see this as war. It's like, I'm not that, I'm an actual liberal. Like, I'm totally fine being like, our makeup artist is like a screaming lefty. Um, No, but I'm not that way. It's, you know, but they are that way. And I said, I'm not ashamed of anything I said. Now, like you recently
0: had COVID. now they're talking to the makeup artist who's... But do you know what I mean, Justin? lint-rowing him. I
2: know, I know. If, if you've got, like, that, that horrible guy who was just horrible, who was Judge Jeanine's, uh guy, I couldn't... Yeah, that guy! is like a screaming left-wing lunatic! Why does he work here? What? He totally dicked over his anchor, and then we expect he's not going to dick over the network?
1: Like, I don't have specific information on it, but I would... So... If you if you're if you're not watching the video the whole time he's got somebody lint rolling him fixing that's what his the hair, noise is it's going
0: over his microphone that ksh, ksh.
1: so a couple things about this and you know he goes on to say some more sexist things and all that which got him in a lot of trouble the one notable thing that is just worth saying because I have a lot of people in my life who watch Fox News who continue to believe this fair and balanced bullshit here's the guy. Just flat out saying he doesn't hire liberals unless they're fixing his makeup, I guess is what he's saying uh, yeah. and so it's just like, he says he says if you the, put
0: pronouns in your bio like you can't work here <laughs> like
1: unbelievable I mean, wow, yeah, yeah, and so I, media know. matters published that Tucker tried to like his people are threatening to sue, I think Fox is even threatening to sue. Media Matters
0: seems to be just dripping these out and having a great time, by the way, because they're just every few days. There's a new drop of these and the folks at Fox must be. It kind of reminds me. I don't know if you're here's an old one. What was that show with the movie with Matthew McConaughey came out before the Truman Show? Was it Ed TV? or something like that. Oh, no, I don't know. They, they follow, it, was, it was like reality shows before reality shows happened, and they just followed Matthew McConaughey's character around all the time and he wanted to get out of the contract at the end. And so what he did is he was gonna reveal live on air who uh, used like a, a, a an erectile dysfunction pump at the network and it turned out it was like rob reiner's character who ran the network and then they finally cut the feed right before he reveals it so anyway every day he was revealing this stuff and there were all these people who yeah. were really nervous and so i i kind of feel like maybe that's what's happening at fox as these as these behind the scenes videos drop i mean you know i've been in those rooms those cable rooms where like i I've, i'm in there a lot You know, I've been in there a lot, but I'm in, I'm not in there so much that I've lost the awareness that I have a a hot mic on, you know, like, so I would go at certain times with long periods of time where I have on a, a mic and everything, but I wasn't, it wasn't my job. I didn't do it for three hours every day. So I never lost the sense of like, oh, this is being recorded right now. But if, but I would always be amazed at the at the stuff that some people would say to me. It would never be as bad as that. But like about their colleagues or whatever, knowing that somebody was there listening, uh, and and that means that there are a lot of people at Fox who have said a lot of stuff on these mics, and they probably well, I'll put my
1: conspiracy hat on and think, well, okay, how did these get out? Well, it's Fox News putting it out. I think they're probably pretending like they're they're saber rattling, saying that they're it's all been Tucker so far. Yeah. They're saber rattling, saying, "Oh, we're going to sue you, media matters, for this." I I bet they said, "Like, I have no evidence for this," but they're in a PR battle, and they're notoriously ruthless. And so they're Mm -hmm. just—and who knows? This is just. This was a a very recent clip. Who knows what they have sitting in the in the bowels of Fox News in terms of clips there? But the thing is, like, you can't cancel somebody who has the persona of Tucker Carlson. Like, right. he, he his fans will like him even more for most of the stuff that you put out there. And it's already out there that he's a hypocrite too. So, there's not much you can say to co- convince people otherwise at this point. We already have text messages with him saying, you know, things like he, you know, he was appalled by January 6th, et cetera, and, you know, disparaging Trump and then tries to have a different persona. So, if people aren't persuaded by that, no video is going to change that either. So, the guy is kind of immune to this kind of stuff. Which, which
0: even further undermines the argument he's making about free speech because he's conflating free speech with consequences, like a lack of free speech with consequences for speech. And yet, there's no real consequences for his speech. He lost his job, but he still
1: got his audience. He, there were 100 million right. views for that video. So
0: it, it it's ridiculous.
1: And counting. Well, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to check in in Tennessee where a teacher had to cancel Mother's Day celebrations because Moms for Liberty came after her. Uh, then we're going to talk about Mansion and Mansion's future. All this and more when we come back.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. With the seasons changing, it is really easy to feel like a shift in how you feel on the day to day. Change is difficult for everybody. And during these seasonal shifts or any other kind of shift, it could be in your work, it could be like in the kids getting out of school, it doesn't matter. It's important that we take care of ourselves during this time, and we're always growing and changing, which is why it's important to be in tune with how we feel. Therapy is a way to deepen your self-awareness and your your self-understanding. My great uncle, when I started going to therapy, gave me this great piece of advice. He told me that therapy is like getting a master's degree in yourself, and that turned out to be absolutely right. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com m54 today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, h-e-l-p dot m54. Athletic Greens is a partner of ours that's been a part of my daily routine now for years. I take AG One by Athletic Greens literally every day. When I don't take it, like I actually missed a day last week, I was traveling to St. Louis and I forgot my travel pack. Uh, there's a notable, a, a noticeable difference in my energy levels. Like I feel more tired. I feel. Less focused, definitely less energized, and it's really like like mid mid morning or like early in the afternoon when I first start to realize it, and I'm like, oh wow, I didn't take my AG one today, and now uh, I'm home, but we're entering baseball season, not just coaching, true, but like playing baseball for me, uh, and it's getting i would say more than a bit warmer it's getting hot in kansas city uh, and i'm gonna need that extra energy and that that extra boost that i get from my ag1 it's super important for me but the boost i get from ag1 isn't exclusively beneficial to my performance in sports it also makes me have just better energy in my day-to-day work so whether you're crazy like me and you're in your 40s and still playing a competitive sport or you're just like trying to still be pretty effective sitting at your desk in the afternoon, uh, AG1 is going to help. I currently take AG1 in the morning uh, before I do really anything else. It makes me feel like I'm giving my body the nutrition that it craves, like I'm covering my nutritional bases. If you're looking for a simpler and cost-effective supplement routine, Athletic Greens is giving you a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com/majority. That's athleticgreens.com/ Majority, check it out.
1: All right, well, let's go to my former home state of Tennessee where Caroline Mickey, who's a librarian at the Alpine Crest Elementary School outside of Chattanooga, great city of Chattanooga. Shout out to Emily, who listens to this podcast. Uh, she tried to do a Mother's Day themed lesson and came under heavy fire. Parents in the area, including Moms for Liberty, this sort of right wing a uh, group that's been pushing uh, right-wing extremists on the school boards uh, over the past few years. Uh, essentially, this stems from when Mickey sent out notice to parents of a planned lesson in advance of Mother's Day. And she wrote that the lesson would be, quote, sensitive to the fact that not all students live with a mother and they would be celebrating mothers who, quote, uh, fill the motherly uh, people who aren't mothers who, quote, fill the motherly roles in our lives. And she notified parents that there'll be two books that they would be reading. One was Stella Brings, The Family. It's about a girl who is unsure how to approach Mother's Day because she has two dads. And the other was Mother Bruce. It's about a bear who adopts a broad of goslings, I guess that's what we call goslings when they're in a group, who believe he's their mother. They shut this down. didn't happen. She had to cancel it.
0: Yeah, well... Let's talk for a second about what she was probably trying to accomplish here. Not that this needs defending, but like if just based on your basic statistics, there's kids in that group, the kids in that class who have two dads. There's kids who, you know, don't have a mom. There are kids who are raised by their grandmother, right? And those kids would potentially feel very uncomfortable. And it's an opportunity not only to have those kids not feel uncomfortable on Mother's Day, but to also help their classmates who are, when you're that age, their entire life outside of their house, right? Like when you are that age, your entire life is just the people you know and you don't know that many people, right? So if you can create context for those kids to create a more caring environment, uh, that's great. That's that's what you want to do. Uh, yeah. So it's really sad well, that this is like...
1: Let's give it just like a brief anatomy of what happened here because it's instructive. So there is a chapter of Moms for Liberty in the area. They attacked the the whole idea of this on social media. They basically weaponized the letter and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and then in local newspapers, they wrote about how this is Leninist indoctrination, anti-Christian, a threat to Western civilization. Uh, one woman called on locals to pray for children to guard them against a demonic threat posed by these books. And they they accused this librarian of... Being a groomer. This is all stuff that's out of a playbook. This is not random yeah. acts. This is coordinated stuff. There's and not spontaneous. The Hamilton County School Superintendent, Justin Robertson, which, if you're in the area, you might want to shoot Justin a little note. Um, he canceled the lesson. The superintendent canceled the lesson and would not comment on it when asked by the Tennessee Holler, a local progressive news site. So they don't want to be accountable. For their decisions, but they seem to be accountable to a vocal minority in the area who are kicking up dust over a seemingly harmless lesson that actually had a really good rationale. And so, or celebration, not even a lesson, celebration of Mother's Day. Yeah, th- this is, you know,
0: my kids are nine and two and a half, right? Nine nine and a half and two and a half. Drew's very big on the half, so I got to say it. And like <laughs> one of the things. That I have learned is the importance of not necessarily thinking it's too early all the time to discuss certain things. Like, I had a conversation one day, my son maybe won't like that I divulge this, but we- I had a conversation with him the other day where we were talking about puberty because it's not that far away in his life. He was curious about it. You know, it's probably, you know, just like, 18 to 24 to 36 months away that it's going to start something like that um starts kind of earlier for men in my family and so like we had this conversation very casual conversation about it and i'm doing the thing that parents always do where i talk about well here's the way your body's going to change and you're going to start to feel differently about about uh, I, and i started to say about girls and i said about girls i said or it might be boys and the thing is i'm assuming because we haven't had that many conversations about this, that I'm introducing a new concept to my son. But the truth is, is like they're exposed to this stuff all the time. They know it, and, yeah. And 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 so what happened next was evidence that clearly where he goes to school, they've done a very good job of talking about this. Because true was not like, oh, he he didn't he didn't uh, like recoil at the idea. He just very matter of factly said to me, and in a way that I could tell came with no judgment from him. He just goes, Dad, I don't think I'm gay and i was like well okay but you might be and and that and i just want to remind you like if it turns out you are like your mom and i don't care we just want you to be happy we don't care what you are and he goes he goes yeah i know i know it'd be fine he goes but i don't think i am and i was like okay fine end of conversation like my point is like it's not a bad thing when school helps you do that like like when right. you don't have to do the entire conversation yourself and then you don't have to worry that Your kid is going to school armed with a different set of ideas than the, not ideas, but a different set of knowledge, right? And and is farther ahead than the other kids by a lot. Because that's one thing I've I've always thought about is like, I want to have these conversations early with my kid, but I also don't necessarily want to get out in front of where the other parents in class are. Because when kids find out something new, they go to school and they talk about it right away. So I like that this kind of stuff has been broached at his school so that when I talk to him about it. Uh, he's got a little bit of context for it and it's not some crazy, scandalous-sounding new thing. And, and I don't have to say, but don't talk about this with your classmates yet because then that does make it feel wrong and taboo. And so, you know, yeah, I think what this librarian's doing is great. They,
1: do. they, they talk about grooming, which is making people a certain way. We could have that debate. but what, But then what they're trying to push is an inhospitable environment for people because of who they are. So, you know, regardless of who's causing what, if you are gay or you are trans, their vision on the right right now is the least hospitable environment possible. And we're talking about children, right? They're trying to make the school and the library a hostile place for people because of who they are. And you know what? They're gay Republicans, right? There are Mm -hmm. Republicans who probably want to be trans, uh, come out as trans. Uh, but who are under tremendous pressure in their communities. And And a lot of them, we don't know that because
0: they kill themselves, like if we're being real. For sure. You know? yeah. So it has huge
1: consequences. Well, um, if you're in the area, you know, in that district, um, in the Hamilton County School District or the surrounding areas, if you have more context to that, Caroline, if you're a listener or a friend of Caroline, reach out to her. We'd love to talk to her. Uh, I'll dispense with this last one quickly because we are running out of time, but... Political had an article about how a GOP group tied to McConnell launched a $2 million ad campaign really early, bashing uh, Manchin. Manchin is running against uh, a very formidable, likely Republican challenger in justice, uh, the governor. And so um, there was all the speculation in this political article about whether Manchin was going to run or not. It seemed to imply that He's more likely than not to not run. He's less likely to run than he's been before, but he hasn't made up his mind yet. Really not much to talk about here, Jason. We wanted to flag it for our listeners to be like, we, regardless of how we feel about Joe Manchin, we want him to run. It's an uphill race. He's way, way, way behind in the polls, but as you'll read in this article, he's a singular figure in the state who's probably the only human being on the planet who can carry that for a Democrat, in my opinion.
0: You want to hear my hot take on it? My hot take is... I'm not going to be that upset if he doesn't run. And it's not because, like, of, you know, obviously I have disagreements with Joe Manchin. It's because the likelihood is he's not going to win that race. And yeah. if that's the case, let's let's save our bullets for somewhere else. Probably the wrong analogy to use anymore. But, you know, yeah. s- save our resources for somewhere else. If if he can win, great. But, look, justice is what? He's a former Democrat, right, who became a Republican. Mm-hmm. So, like, in a lot of ways, he's, he's on – mansion's corner so i can see where he has a good chance to win
1: if you read the article they have the same strategies yeah which is crazy okay um we'll do a grab an aura and then one for us Uh, my grab and aura is if you live in the la area california 30th which is shifts district is now going to be an open seat election i just want to plug a good friend of mine named nick melvoin who's running for the school board election there uh these are the neighborhoods of fairfax hollywood west hollywood hollywood hills hancock park los Feliz. Silver Lake, Burbank, and Glendale. And look, if you've got another candidate in the race, no offense to those candidates. I'll just say that I love Nick. He was on the school board and he's one of those people who, uh, he's on the school board right now. He's dealt with everything from hacks to the district, to COVID closures, to strikes. He was big supporter of the workers on the front lines most recently. He's been pushing tons of innovation around using district land for teacher housing. He's just a really clear thinker, a very courageous person, And um, he's the kind of person who I works as hard as anybody I know in politics and and is as real as any candidate I've met out there. So he's just a really good human being. uh, And he's running in that race. And look, I'm I'm sure as time goes on, there's going to be a lot of people in that race that we all love. But I just wanted to say a special note about him. Uh, If you uh, like what you heard, go check him out at nickmelvoin.com. You can Donate money, you can go volunteer, walk into a district office, etc. They're pretty active, but just wanted to say a good word about okay. Nick. Okay,
0: uh, how do you spell tell them how to spell Melvoin and tell them again where oh, he is? Oh, yeah,
1: Nick N I C K Melvoin M E L V O I N dot com.
0: All right, uh, one for us, what's going on? You're in your new apartment,
1: moved this, uh, yeah, like a week ago. I moved here to Brooklyn. Um, I'm loving the Brooklyn lifestyle. I almost bought a dog the other day and I talked myself out <laughs> of it because of all my travel, but uh, you know, it's it's What's cool is I still have my office in Soho, and I, and I go to that office a lot on most days. I'm not there right now. And I get my Manhattan fix, but then I come back, and you wouldn't think anything around here is quiet, but it is so much quieter around here, and it's like brownstone neighborhoods, and I run into people I know all the time here, in a way, in Manhattan. So I'm uh, I'm living in the burbs, man. It's good. I love it. No,
0: I've been out to Brooklyn uh, when I've been out there, and it's definitely not as loud. As the rest of New York is how oh, for I would sure. Put it. So, Fewer uh, rats
1: too, at least in this area. Yeah, apparently you know, that's a big thing right
0: now. I guess it's always a big thing,
1: but now always rich been people thing, are getting yeah. rats. And that's the difference. Well, I, my neighborhood, my, my old neighborhood where I was living is is, you know, I think like the richest zip code in all of New York City. And not because I lived there. I lived in a an old you know, not so crazy apartment as we it's long been speculation on this <laughs> podcast about how I got that apartment. We'll save it for another day. Uh but the uh, but the amount of rats in that area, like I would see dozens of rats uh, sometimes on a given Saturday, just walking around. And you have to really work hard to, you know, win the battle against them. Especially if you had an old apartment like mine, which had all kinds of holes and crevices for people to to go into, I had like sound generating things and traps and all really? kinds of stuff. Are you f- yeah. do,
0: do rats freak you out?
1: No, not anymore. Yeah. I think like uh, when I was a kid, I did. Now it's just like you treat them like anything else and. There's a homeostasis that exists now in New York where you leave them alone, they leave you alone, yeah, like, and you just learn not to keep food out or anything like that, and there's, like, a constant battle. Actually, the rats have turned us humans against each other because of the way people deposit their trash. We'll see a lot of arguments about when people put their trash out and whether they're using the proper bags and whether you're putting your trash in somebody else's receptacle or whatever because we don't have, like, a good infrastructure for collecting trash in New York. So... But the rats are fine they 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 leave everybody alone right now
0: new york's getting like a rat czar they did they hired
1: one yeah and it's a pretty well-paid position i think six figures and it's it's tough out there it's harder than you think is uh, that person gonna
0: consider introducing snakes
1: because i mean that'll do it you know that's funny you should say that (laughs) um the the current mayor got in trouble because he when he was borough president of brooklyn a couple years ago did A press conference on the front halls of Borough Hall with like some elaborate rat trap that he found that he wanted to deploy throughout the entire uh, borough that involved drowning the rats or something. And animal rights groups went crazy. Uh, but what, actually, it's funny when that happened, I said to this guy, Chris Marte, that you know, who's our city councilman mm-hmm. now in Lower Manhattan, I said to him, This guy's going to win because he understands this that this is a real problem for a lot of people. And a lot of people laughed at him crazy the trap was probably the wrong trap or whatever. But the fact mm-hmm. that he was spending his time on that issue and doing it in a kind of like hands on way. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, there's something about this guy. Like he kind of gets he, he gets the retail aspects of the politics and he's rolling up his sleeves for better or worse. Uh I'm telling you, you man.
0: F- snakes, I'm not I'm not saying you should do it. I'm just saying he will take care of the rats. You know? No question about it. Uh, maybe well, hawks, maybe hawks instead. I mean, the people might be more into that, and and it would be quite something to watch. Anyway, uh, yep. well that that's uh that's exciting. I can't wait to come visit you out there.
1: I uh, well, I hogged the one for me. So tell me what's happening here. Oh, room. uh,
0: I had a cool thing happen. I wasn't going to talk about, it, but there's kind of a neat story with True in it. Is that um, and there's this thing called the Truman Good Neighbor Award, and basically, uh, ever since um, ever since Truman left office. Uh, and, you know, resettled again back here, came home to the Kansas City area. A bunch of his friends started doing an annual birthday celebration for him where they would raise money for scholarship students and other things. And they would give an award. They would give the Truman Good Neighbor Award to somebody. And it's like the cast that would that has gotten this annual award is like Sandra Day O'Connor, and Walter Cronkite and Buzz Aldrin and Jonas Salk and people like that. Uh, you know, I've I've been to the event several times. I've been there to see uh, Bill Clinton get it, and John McCain get it, and, you know, people like that, and uh, 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 today's Wednesday. So, two days ago, um, I I got the award, which was wild. And Congratulations, um, man. Yeah, it was neat. I don't... You know, did you post
1: a, the video? I don't think I saw the video. I saw I, Diana
0: posted photos of it. Yeah, I put um, up, like, a picture. They'll have a video of my speech, which was okay, but um, I... Uh, what was crazy about it, many things, you know, getting an award like that, which I never... I'm past the point in my life where like, I mean, i I'm not going to lie. I used to covet plenty of like resume bullet point things. I, I just don't anymore. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, it was, I appreciated it a lot, but the funny part of it was, is that, um, on Monday I was dropping true off at school and I was like, I was like, Hey buddy, I, I can't be here that long. Cause I've got to go do this thing. And so he asked me what it was and I, I told him and I explained some of the people who had gotten it. And he goes, he goes, how did you get it? And I was like, honestly, I don't know. And he's like, no, but really, Dad, how? And I was like, well, you know, I, I I wrote this book that some people have found helpful. And, you know, I do the the stuff building the houses for veterans. I was like, you know, I remember we saved those Afghans and everything. And he goes, yeah, Dad, I get it. You have not cured a disease and you did not land on the moon. How did you, get, you know? And it was very funny. And, and I was like, yeah, you're right. And then I brought it home and it's like this very nice, very large, um, a calligraphy sort of award and true read it, which surprised me. He read it out loud and he thought it was so cool. He, he, he goes, uh, can I have this? And I realized like, I don't have anywhere to put this thing. So now it's hanging in true's room, <laughs> which I just Amazing. think is really kind of funny and sort of perfectly captures where I am in my life is that it's, it, it means a lot to me that people are giving me an award like that, but I'm also like, It'll be his one day anyway. When he has to clean out my like, you know, our retirement home after I pass away or whatever. Like, no, oh my God, I just give it to him now. You know, <laughs> so uh, well, I just thought amazing, that kind of captured man. captured things.
1: Co- congratulations! Yeah. Uh, I I want to see that speech because you you know how to give a good speech. So, um, oh, well,
0: thanks. Um, yeah, it was it was cool. So now I'm. It was a dry run for you know I'm doing the commencement at Georgetown in like
1: yeah I saw uh, nine that. That's incredible, man.
0: Which is fun for me because I didn't get into college there, um, so uh, them giving me an honorary doctorate—it's it, like that's just funny and, and it's kind of it's kind of fun for me. But anyway, this has been um, me bragging about myself. Uh, Love it! Thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, r- remember to subscribe to Majority Fifty Four wherever you listen to audio podcasts. Just search Majority Fifty Four and please leave a five-star review. Uh, thank you to the Midas Mighty. Remember, we all have a platform. Make sure to use yours today.